It's not the government, the church, or even our schools. The home is the actual foundation of all societies, and it is steadily deteriorating. Do you realize how valuable your home is? Are you willing to do the homework required to be an influencer, a home influencer? Welcome to Homework with Kim. I'm Kimona Ferguson, and together we take a candid look at our homes and the work we need to do within its four walls and in our families in order to fulfill our God-given assignments. Just look around, you see it. We have some homework to do, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of Homework with Kim, a weekend edition we're going to call this one. I'm your host, Kim. Thank you so much for joining me. To those of you listening for the first time, I say welcome. Here we take a candid look at our homes and the work we need to do within its four walls to ensure that at the end of a long, hard day, when our heads hit the pillow, we can truly declare home, sweet home. And to those of you who continue to come back week after week, I say welcome back. Please know that I appreciate your support and I don't take for granted this great privilege you've given me that you will take time out of what I'm sure is your busy schedule to lend me your ear, if only for a few moments. Thank you so much again. And I want to invite you to, if you find any value from our discussion here on Homework with Kim, to feel free to share any or every podcast episode. That too would mean a great deal because I know there are those of us here and everywhere intent on doing the homework. So them can have even a semblance of a brighter future. And as we continue to strengthen what I call this movement of home influencers. And speaking of influencers, today I want us to talk a bit about pressure cookers. (laughs) No, I know it's Saturday, but this is not a Saturday soup recipe discussion. If you want that, you can head over to YouTube. But many of us, especially if we're Jamaicans, know about pressure cookers, even before we idea we need. Because Soup was, and I suppose still is, a staple in many Jamaican homes, especially on a Saturday. And long before it climbed the kitchen ladder and got promoted and take on new partnership with Instant Pot and that can now plug in and have automatic settings, this special tool that we used to use on a Saturday or our parents used to use on a Saturday to cook the peas, it is a pressure cooker. We know that even though it looks like a regular pot, it functions differently. It has a modified lid that locks over this rubber gasket and creates a seal. And we turn on the heat under it and the cooker gets to work as it raises the temperature of the water inside. Now, many of us maybe saw it and don't know exactly how it worked, but once the lid is locked in place and the cooker is set on high heat, steam then starts to develop in the pot and the steam cannot escape as i said before it's sealed so the trapped steam now increases the pressure inside 
the cooker and then at that pressure the boiling point of water changes and it is this higher temperature pressure mummy peas faster or cook any kind of food that we're looking to pressure faster once the cooker has reached its full pressure we usually hear this pop sound on the lid and then we hear a valve the valve that, that's at the top open and then we hear that's my attempt at a sound effect but we hear the sound of it letting out steam and then we hear it gradually decrease as the pressure in the pot now has been regulated and constant i remember when i heard that sound as a child we said yes man finally the peas done the soup supposed to soon ready me wondering where i'm going with this the pressure cooker works on a simple principle a sealed pot with lots of steam inside builds up high pressure which helps to cook the food faster very useful tool in the kitchen wouldn't you agree and if you were like us who forgot to tell your mother that the pressure cooker went off then you would have learned the hard way that food can easily overcook if left in the pressure cooker even for just a few minutes too long and like us sometimes burnt peas ended up being the result I invite you to now listen to this presentation by SproutSchools.com and then I'll be back with you to talk a little bit more. Look at this line. And now look at these three lines. Can you tell which of them matches that first line? And how sure are you? Hold that thought and listen to this story because most people can get this wrong. Once upon a time, on the eve of a major religious holiday, a seven-year-old boy was observing his grandmother as she poured an extra glass of wine. When the boy asked who the glass was for, she said that it was for the prophet. The boy didn't believe her, so his uncle told him to just observe the glass closely. Full of expectation, the boy watched the glass intently and suddenly, he thought he saw the level of wine drop just a bit. In 1951, decades after the incident, our boy became a pioneer in social psychology, determined to rationalize what actually happened that fateful night. Did some of the wine really disappear, or was he made to believe that? To find out the truth, he devised an experiment to investigate whether peer pressure can be strong enough to change our perception and make us believe in things that are not true. Solomon Ash's conformity experiment was conducted with 123 white male college students who were told to be part of a study in visual judgment. Each student was introduced to a group of six to eight other students who were, in fact, actors who already knew what the experiment was about. The group was then gathered in a classroom and shown two cards, the first with one line, the second with three lines on it. Each student was then asked to say aloud which line in the second card matched that first one. The group was seated in such a way that allowed the actors to respond first, leaving the real participant to respond last. 
For the first two rounds, the fake students, also known as Confederates, gave the correct answer and the innocent student, known as the subject, said whatever he thought to be true. In the third round, the actors began to respond with a clearly wrong answer. For the next 12 rounds, dubbed the critical trials, all the Confederates would give the obviously wrong answer. So the innocent student could either ignore the majority or ignore the truth. So what did the experiment tell the researchers? Upon completing 18 rounds with all 123 subjects, the experiment came to the following conclusion. 23% of the students always gave the right answer. 72% conformed to the majority at least once. And 5% completely succumbed to peer pressure and always gave the obviously wrong answer. Ash's work also showed that if just one other acting student responded correctly, the effect of peer pressure decreased substantially. The experiment also showed that the opinions of three peers are enough to influence a student to change his mind. Increasing the number beyond three confederates did not increase the levels of conformity among others. Or put differently, if three people say something obviously wrong and there is no one to disagree with them, many of us agree with the wrong answer and start lying due to our deeply human desire to fit in. Since then, Ash's experiment has been successfully replicated many times and the effect remains significant, especially among women and homogenous peer groups. In 1955, Ash famously said, The tendency to conformity in our society is so strong that reasonably intelligent and well-meaning young people are willing to call white black. This is a matter of concern. It raises questions about our ways of education and about the values that guide our conduct. What do you think? Would you have conformed or stuck to the truth? Do you see the Ash's effect in your daily life? or in social media? And what can we as adults or educators do to give young people today the strength to stand up and speak the truth? Welcome back. So having heard that presentation, perhaps now you understand why I started looking at the pressure cooker because I have to ask, and I want us to ask ourselves, if our society is by definition, a pressure cooker society? And if the answer is yes, how do we define this pressure that we are experiencing? Is it good pressure or bad pressure? Is it the kind of pressure that is perfect to get soup turned out well because the peas pressure just right? Or is that kind of pressure that threatens to burn the peas? How can you and I become pressure resistant and also raise pressure resistant children as well? We usually think of pressure and peer pressure as an adolescent issue. But pressure resistance starts with first understanding pressure. Pressure is not necessarily negative, inherently negative. I mean, the desire to be accepted by a group of people is a driving force in all of us as humans. I'm sure we would all agree. Everybody wants to be accepted. 
And of course, there's positive pressure, which encourages us toward right things. So that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the kind of conformity that takes place even though we know something is wrong. And this conformity ends up happening simply because the majority is doing it. So I have a personal motto. I always say to my sister and my husband, I said to them, just show me the way that the crowd is going so that I know to go in the opposite direction. In other words, I don't have to think long and hard about which direction I'm going to go because I believe that most times, if I know which direction the majority is going, I should be going in the opposite direction because no offense to the majority, but oftentimes it is the blind leading the blind. And I am very serious because when we think of it, this strong desire in all of us as humans to fit in will cause us to cave in on the very things we know of a truth are dead wrong simply because our peers and others are doing it. And if everybody in that crowd is just following the crowd, and let's say you dare stop and ask, Hi, I'm following behind you. Where, where are you going? You may be surprised to find that that person will then tell you, Boy, I, I don't know, you know, I just following this, this person in front of me. It sounds ridiculous, right? Well, we do it all the time. Of course, our children have to face some sort of negative peer pressure, especially during the teen years from Wapikil Philip from back in the day. Once we get to teenage stage, we start to experience that sense where we want to challenge the rules that have been set before us. But I honestly think that peer pressure being limited to a teen's peers, those days are gone because now... The adults are now applying the pressure as well. Because of the physical and societal changes, children are growing up faster than they did 30 years ago when I was a baby. And now we find that it's not just teens that are experiencing a tremendous amount of peer pressure with the rise of you know, technology and social media. It's showing up in younger children. So... While adolescence has always been a time where, you know, as teens, we, we used to challenge the family rules and values. We, we ought not to be surprised when we see young people now, a normal part of the journey toward independence. And this is a time when, you know, it can result in experimentation with some dangerous things. And that has always been the case. But friends, this is where it gets a little muddy. It's sad to say that it is evident that the young people today may also have fewer caring adults in their lives. At least we know that back in the day, you know, you had extended families and the communities were close-knit. And so children had more big people to turn to that they really could trust. And you could trust that what they're telling your child is right. If there was something they were not comfortable talking about with their mother or the father, you know, they could call an auntie or an uncle or a neighbor. You remember that concept? It, it takes a village to raise a child. So though there was still the need to be accepted by friends, they could be encouraged at every turn to say no and resist the pressure because you had a caring auntie, a caring neighbor who looking out for them and ensuring that, yeah, let me help raise this child. But now, I am ashamed to say 
that the big people are actually <laughs> driving a lot of the negative pressure. When we see teachers, for example, having to be in fear of their students because of this, my mother say and my father say nobody culture. Aren't we now the ones pressuring them to conform to that which is wrong? Do you think our children do not innately know wrong from right and right from wrong? Of course they do. Because they are born as we were with God's law written on our hearts. So as young as they are, they know good from evil. Please allow me a couple more minutes to just get a couple things off my chest. Because I've seen so many videos online with children engaging in lewd acts, lewd dancing, some as young as infants. Inhaling cigarette smoke, listening to, 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 to some lyrics that not even the dead should be privy to hear. And what do we see? When Pitney is supposed to inner them bed, what are the adults around them doing? Cheering them on. Some go as far as to say, watch him. You can't know him go bad. In my mind, I'm like, yes, ma'am. Him go bad. And then you same one is going to turn around and tell TVJ that you want justice. And call for Mr. Prime Minister. We need to wake up. Yes, peers apply pressure. Yes, there is peer pressure. But parents and all adults alike cannot afford to be part of the problem. If you see something wrong, let's not join in the wrong and become complicit by talking about, let me just drink water and mind my business, when that is just another way of saying, I'm a coward and I don't want to challenge this group think. We heard in the presentation earlier that 23% of the students in the experiment always gave the right answer. 72% conformed to the majority at least once and 5% completely succumbed to peer pressure and always gave the obviously wrong answer. And so as Ash said, the tendency to conformity in our society is so strong that reasonably intelligent and well-meaning young people, and I'm going to put in adults as well, are willing to look at white and call it black. Friends, the experiment also pointed out that if three people say something obviously wrong and there is no one to disagree with them, many of us agree with the wrong answer and start lying due to our deeply human desire to fit in. Are you human? I know I am. So this applies to me as well. We have to realize what we are up against. We have an innate desire to fit in and it will result in us based on what this experiment suggests to even start lying to ourselves, looking at black and saying, no, it's white and then telling other people that it is white. It is a very dangerous path that we will end up heading down. So that means if you hear something when I go so, challenge it. We could practice challenging the lies, challenging, pushing back against the pressure, refusing. 
excusing, becoming pressure resistant. If it's on social media, leave a comment. Let's not stay quiet. Friends, let us do the homework to help our children and our fellow peers and our families become pressure resistant. Let's not wait to do certain things in our family. Let's start early and stick with it. Like, like talking about right and wrong. Let, let's go back to talking about the difference between right and wrong. And if you are listening and you believe that truth is relative and not absolute, and this lie that is being propagated, that if it feels right to you, then it's right. You're bound to follow the crowd blindly. And it's all these right feelings that all we've been feeling over these years that have led us now into an age where we now have to be explaining basic moral principles to some big old people. Can I encourage you as well to take up the Bible and start there? Start with the book of Proverbs. Very practical book of wisdom that will help you, help us, help me to become pressure resistant. Godly wisdom in there. And then teach it to your picnic them. Let's also strive to set an example. The best way to pass on our family values is to live them every day. Let's strive to be positive role models. And as I conclude, friends, let us look around and see what kind of work we need to do to help release some steam from this pressure cooker of our society before the peace that is our children and families start to burn. Thank you so much for listening. I invite you to follow me on social media on Instagram at Homework with Kim and also to follow my personal page at SkyMona. For more information on the experiment to which I referred, Ashes Conformity Experiment and the source was SproutSchools.com. Have a great rest of Saturday and have a great week. And until we meet again, just look around, you see it. We have some homework to do, so let's get started.